Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Family, as you may have noticed, this isn't a typical top-of-the-pod ad. It's me talking, senior producer Lynn. After hearing on a few occasions that dial language ads made their way into our pre-roll, the stuff we don't have control over, we decided that enough was enough, and we turned those ads off. It's not worth the dollars to make our listeners feel uncomfortable in any way. So, for these last few months of SAF, we're bringing it full circle with some fake ads, just like we did when the pod was first starting out. So today's episode of She's All Fat is brought to you by... Integrity. If you have a business or something fat you want to promo on the pod, let us know. Stay cool. I'm Sophie. I'm Yelly. And this is She's All Fat. The podcast for fat positivity, radical self-love, and chill vibes only. Now in our final season. This episode is part two of our queer edition of Just Fat Things. We're going to cover more listener voice memos and hear from some fat and queer friends of the pod. But first, our news corner. Family, when's the last time you wrote a love letter, and why isn't it right now? We've opened a Google form for you, our beloved family members, to write little notes of love to this fat community you've helped build to celebrate the end of the show. We'll be reading and posting your letters all season long. Check the show notes for our Google form so you can write your love letter to the family. Family, you know the spiel by now. It's your last chance to join our Patreon. The money from this season will be used to maintain our site and ensure you can listen to the pod long after our finale. When you join our Patreon at Team Paisley Moo Moo or above, so that's $7 a month, you can access our legendary patron-only Facebook group where people are talking about PCOS struggles, influencer recs, and clothing resale apps. You'll also get a bonus mini-sode every Friday. This season, we're doing something new and exciting for these minis. <laughs> That's right. We're doing a big sister mailbag. Every week, we're taking your questions about living, laughing, loving, and answering like the big sisters we both are. In conclusion, now's the perfect time to go to patreon.com slash she's all fat pod and make a pledge to help your fave fatties and future family members. That's all the news for this week, but don't go anywhere, Yelly. We have voicemails to discuss. (laughs) 
Hey, family. We enjoyed hearing your voice memos so much last week. We've got another batch for you right here. This week, you're going to hear a couple family member voice memos up top, and then Yelly and I will be back to intro some voice memos from Friends of the Pod. Are you excited to hear these, Yelly? I'm so excited. As usual, everybody in the family is so insightful and lovely and just saying things that like I don't even know how to put into words but I definitely like feel and resonate with so love the family <laughs> let's get into it here's some of those voice memos beep beep play beep 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 <laughs> hi she's all fat crew this is Hannah I am a pansexual cis woman from Milwaukee Wisconsin and I believe that my fatness has absolutely influenced my relationship to queerness as a youth and teenager my fatness really prevented me from accessing pretty much any clothing that I felt like represented my style and also any amount of femininity. Um, because of the size restrictions, the only options available to me that were anything close to my style were men's clothing, uh, which left me open to ridicule from my peers and being called homophobic slurs, which in turn influenced how I saw my own sexuality and really created some internalized homophobia for me. Because of this, I feel my ability to understand my own queerness was stunted. I felt I had to perform life as a straight person and a straight person only in order to stay safe and access whatever ounce of femininity that was available to me as a young fat woman. I also wrestled with a lot of jealousy towards other women, especially women with bodies smaller than mine. And it kept me from realizing whether I wanted to be with these women or just be them. Once sizing options began to increase and the first Tord store opened in Milwaukee, I was able to find clothing options that helped me access my femininity and stay true to my own personal style. This did wonders for my confidence and led me right into discovering and participating in fat liberation, which has been instrumental in helping me work through a lot of these difficult feelings. Understanding myself better and reckoning with my internalized fat phobia and homophobia helped me see the truth about who I am, and eventually I was able to come out as queer and really own that part of my identity for the first time. I think if I had been straight-sized growing up, I would have seen representation of myself at a much younger age and had access to things that really could have helped me feel safer in my body and my identity. Without that safety and accessibility, I was in denial about my identity, which I feel really impacted my relationship with my own body and sexuality. Thank you all so much for this topic. I've really been waiting for you to cover it. It means a lot to me. Uh, I just can't say that enough. So thank you so much. Bye. Learn how to love me, celebrating the woman I've become. Yeah. I tried to call my mother, but she didn't get where I was going. I called my boyfriend and he said, call me back a little later, baby. Hi, she's all fat. My name is Hannah. I'm 21 years old and I live in the Midwest. Um, I am queer and fat. I identify as a lesbian um, and I am a fat lady. I think a lot mostly due to being in a relationship with a non-fat person. Um, my girlfriend, she's really, really thin um, and I'm a lot larger than she is. And um, while I haven't really always loved my body prior to being with her. I have definitely noticed since being with her that my experience being fat is a little bit harder. I find myself comparing myself to her. I find myself 
being insecure out in public, wondering if people are judging or staring and thinking, why is that a thing? Why is she into you? Because truly, I just think she's out of my league as a fat person, even though I know that I am beautiful and worthy and have great qualities and do love myself, but I do struggle with um, self-worth when it comes to my size. Regarding my fatness and queerness, um, especially as a lesbian, I find it pretty hard to be a fat lesbian. I find that the community in itself really um, pays attention to thin lesbians, and that is the ideal standard of beauty when it comes to lesbians. So it can be hard for me to want to fit in. And also as a fat person, I find myself wanting to be very feminine. I'm a feminine person in general. Um, I really like long hair and makeup and pink and, you know, stereotypical feminine style. But it's hard for me to be fat and gay and feminine and have people actually see me as such. I feel like a lot of the times people just really assume that I'm a straight girl. And um, that's not the case. And it has been hard for me to find a balance between showing my gayness, my femininity, um, and accepting my fat body um, and dressing it for it. So, yeah, those are my thoughts. I hope at least part of this will get on the podcast. All right. Love you all. Goodbye. I am a queer woman who is about to graduate in a week from a historically women's college, and I have spent the past four years in a really queer space. And honestly, I think I fully came into my queerness and fully embraced that part of myself and felt the most like who I've always meant to be once I've also started working on body liberation and accepting my fat body. And the two now, to me, are so intrinsically linked. And there's something about separating myself from the male gaze that is so tied to both my queerness and my fat body. And I think without my other fat queer friends that I've made throughout these past four years, I would not be at this stage of self-acceptance and self-love. So, Big shout out to my queer family, and uh, I'm just really grateful that these two things could go together. Bye. My body is not wrong. My body is not shameful. If you don't like what you see, you will turn around, turn around. Because I'm dancing just for me, for this body, I am grateful. If you don't like what you see, you will turn around, turn around, turn around. Hi, Sophie and Lynn and Yelly and the She's All Fat team. Um, my name is Hannah, and it wasn't until I started therapy a few years ago that I realized how intertwined my fatness and queerness are. I'm a cis woman who is a small fat and identifies as queer. My family is very loving, but until a few years ago, very fatphobic. 
My teenage years were spent deeply unhappy, and I hated pretty much everything about myself, but most of all, my body. I quickly learned to shut down all my emotions and became very out of touch with them and, in turn, out of touch with my body. I never learned to listen to or appreciate what my body wanted, let alone what it needed, and that caused me to not hear or understand what my body wanted sexually or what type of people I was attracted to. I came out in my early 20s, though queer thoughts and feelings had been bubbling to the surface for many years before that. It wasn't until I started to see that I was worthy of romantic love and that my body was desirable and sexy that I was able to uncover my queerness. I genuinely think that if I had found body positivity earlier in my life, I would have been able to come out and start dating the people I wanted to be dating much sooner, too. Thank you so much for making this podcast, and I can't wait to follow whatever projects come next for the She's All Fat team and the family. Thanks. I'm having a private party. Ain't nobody here but me and my angels and my guitar singing. Baby, look how far we've come yeah. I'm having a private party. Learning how to love me. Hi, Sophie and Yelly. This is Hannah. I wanted to talk to you about how my fatness and my queerness kind of intersect. So I'm fat, queer, non-binary, and uh, I'm a small fat. I describe myself as a tomboy femme, and I think that my fatness was a lot easier to accept when I was straight. I thought I was straight, um, and when I thought I was cis, um, because I am very curvy, and I could really lean into the femininity of that, and I felt very confident. When I was older and had just gotten out of a long-term relationship and I had realized I was non-binary, I was playing with my gender presentation, and I feel like my relationship with my fatness changed dramatically anytime I tried to present as more masculine because I could not hide my curves. I couldn't hide my hips and my boobs, and it was the first time I'd felt dysphoria really intensely and I feel like I felt frustrated with my body because I could never look like that kind of typical thin white non-binary person non-binary body and it took me a while to sort through those feelings and get to a, a comfortable place where my body and my gender and my presentation can kind of coexist peacefully and it feels really amazing but it did take time so for anyone who's going through a similar thing, it takes time. It won't always be easy, but it is possible to find peace in one way or another, and your body is amazing no matter what. So those are my feelings, and thanks so much for creating an awesome podcast. Love those. Love our Hannahs and H's. 
Those were great. I really love how each one, it's like truly this is what feels like a community to me because Mm. everybody's story is kind of different, but also kind of the same, you know? Yes. And I feel like I could talk to each one of these people and have like very interesting conversations about this topic and many others. And I just love I just love them I feel so seen and I hope they feel seen too it's also just so funny that people are still talking about reasons why we wanted to make this episode like it's really affirming that those things came up that we kind of wanted to address and talk about as well literally it's like it yeah it can be hard making this podcast when it's just the three of us talking about like yeah I think this would be good to talk about (laughs) yes so it's like really cool to hear like oh yeah other people are thinking this and feeling this obviously which is why we made these episodes but I just I don't know I'm constantly impressed by first of all I everyone talks in complete sentences like I don't do that ever am I do I just (laughs) I'm just gonna tell myself all these people like wrote down what they're gonna say because I can't talk in paragraphs (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I can't form a proper sentence unless I'm reading off of a page of the time. I don't. Like, everyone's like, here's my philosophy about fatness, queerness. And by the way, I sound very calm. I'm like, oh, my God, these people are so smart. Yes. I love this. Obsessed with you. Obsessed with the family. Obsessed with the family. Okay. Next, we have some voice memos from friends of the pod that you have heard on this podcast before. Our friend Eliza Kinso, who is on um, a food episode, we will link it, and Sydney's guy, Sid's guy, who we love, who is on an episode last season and will be on soon this season, I think. And as usual, they're very wise and smart and say everything that I would want to say better. So get, let's give them a listen, Yelly. Let's do it. Hi, it's Sydney Sky, or if you know me from Twitter, it's Black Fat Queer. Or if you know me from Instagram, it's it's Sky. I just wanted to say thank you for letting me leave a voice memo. I'm so happy to be here. And it's just so wild to me that I'm on here, honestly. But I wanted to say that I'm learning that there is freedom outside the bounds of whiteness, thinness, desirability, heterosexuality, and gender. And I think about people like Betsy Smith and Ma Rainey who live these full lives and live them freely. And it's a reminder that we thrive, we exist, and we will always continue to. Like, we will always be here. We've always been here, and we shall continue to be. Next time, though, y'all, I'm going to have, like, a Viola Davis-type speech for y'all. So it's okay. Just, you know. I just came from the heart, but next time, it's going to be a whole Viola Davis, like, Oscar speech. I love you. Thank you. Hey family, it's Eliza Kinso here. I am a registered dietitian specializing in body liberation and disordered eating. And I am a fat queer person and also work with a lot of fat people and queer people and fat queer people. And I actually find the intersection of fatness and queerness one of the most interesting parts of the work that I do because it gets us to explore parts of our identity that intersect in interesting ways. We get to start to think about 
how patriarchy shows up and gender roles and gender ideals and how these both translate to our identities as queer people and as fat people and our lived experience in both of those areas as well. For me personally, being able to own my identity as a fat person enabled me to explore other parts of my identity that maybe I hadn't been able to think about in a kind of inclusive and non-binary lens as well. And for me, this led to exploring and learning more about my queer identity and how I showed up in different spaces because I had the kind of lens of fatness to look at queerness through and I think this works both ways for a lot of people being able to apply the learning and the ideas that we have and the critical thinking that we have to different parts of our identity different parts of ourselves and being able to kind of find acceptance for all of the wonderful and magical parts of ourselves, regardless of how they identify. Something that I find really interesting is the shared experiences that fat people and queer people have when it comes to oppression and discrimination. Obviously, this shows up differently in both groups, but generally speaking, both have impaired access to healthcare, they're judged by society, it'll impact their employability and all of these other parts of our lives that we should be able to access as well as anyone else. And for me, because of these intersections and the similarities between these two parts of our identities, I've personally started to think about how fatness in my experience has contributed to and formed a kind of pillar or structural part of my queer identity in that it really influences the way that I show up in the world. It impacts my sense of self and the way that I kind of move through different spaces and has been a really big part of my own story when it comes to body liberation. And finally, because so many fat people have complicated or challenging relationships with food, I actually think that queerness is a really great lens to look at food through as well. So maybe we can acknowledge that gender is a construct and that different aspects of our sexuality or whatever part of our queer identity we're examining can exist on a spectrum in a really fluid and flexible way. What's stopping us from relating to food in that way as well? Why can't we ditch the labels of good or bad or healthy or unhealthy and just find a sense of embodiment and joy in the food that we're eating? Thanks so much for having me and you can find me at Lizakins on Instagram, that's L-I-Z-A-K-H-I-N-S or at Lizakins.com. Thanks, bye! Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Okay, first of all, I <laughs> Sid always makes me laugh out loud. That was hilarious. <laughs> I love I love it. I love our friends. I love them. Our friends are so smart and funny. They're so good. Please go file. Fu- please go file. Please go file. <laughs> Eliza and Sydney. Please go follow Eliza and Sydney. They're both great. And I just, yeah, I just feel happy and affirmed. I just love listening to mm-hmm. these. Yes. Yelly, have you had any more thoughts since we talked last about fatness, queerness, these these voice memos? Anything come up for you? Oh, gosh. I mean, I guess not philosophically, but I've come to the realization after listening to all these like voice memos and thoughts and just like smart, intelligent, well put together thoughts that I am just like have so much to learn still about queerness and about fatness. And like, that's really exciting to me to be able to take all of this in. And I just like feel very um, humbled by this episode and by like all of these thoughts and plethora of experiences me too because i feel very that's why i keep getting excited because i feel like i'm really not the expert in these but you mm-hmm. know what i mean i'm just like so ha- i just i'm so happy to be here <laughs> just, yes. just, <laughs> just learning happy to be here on our pod. <laughs> yeah i i mean i'm just it's so nice the only thing i thought of to talk about still is something that is very particular to this moment in time in my queer experience, I think. But I wonder if others will relate or have felt this. But especially coming, in, and I mean, in America right now, we are, quote unquote, coming out of the pandemic. I know that's not the case for most other places. Um, but so I've been able to socialize with friends more one-on-one, which has been really nice. And especially having thought a lot about queerness and fatness, and I'm like socializing with my queer friends more. And I have talked about this, I think, privately before, but maybe not on the pod. But I'm very still much a baby queer, I feel like, because Mm -hmm. I came out in a relationship, in a straight relationship. I mean, we're not a straight relationship because I'm not straight, but in a straight Mm -hmm. passing relationship. Yes. And so I constantly feel like I'm kind of a teenager navigating vibes all the time in, Mm -hmm. in a lot of queer spaces. Like... I was realizing last night how being comfortable, I have to lean it more into my comfort with myself in order to navigate that. By what I mean Mm -hmm. by that is, I mean, I feel like most other people with my experience, meaning like bi or some sort of pan or like whatever, experienced attraction to men and raised like with cis experience or whatever, you know, cis, whatever you would say. Like I, you are forced into figuring out your boundaries with men. You know what I mean? Like, I know Hmm. very clearly what feels okay and what feels not okay in a platonic relationship with a man. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Most of that's because I don't want my platonic male friends to touch me. Yes. Ever. (laughs) (laughs) So valid. You know what I mean? Like, I'll give them a hug, but we don't, like, really touch. 
you know? Mm -hmm. And so I know how to have a flirty friendship with a guy because I know exactly where the boundaries are. Mm -hmm. And also my fatness plays into that because I've always been very the funny flirty one because being fat in high school, like felt like it insulated me from being actually flirty. Do you understand what I mean? Sort of? Yes. Well, kind of in the same way that like for a a straight person or straight woman can flirt with another straight woman because there's no there's nothing there right? I guess yes it's not there's no vibe there and like mm-hmm. I, I also know really well how to be close intimate friends with other like people who you know other women or non-binary people but those friendships mm-hmm. are very different they're much more touchy they're much more intimate and they're like flirty in a way you know but like yeah. now with queer people I'm like I don't quite know how to navigate it yet because taking my sexuality, not not because I, I mean, again, we're in a monogamous relationship, not because I'm looking to have sex with anyone else, but like hmm. I'm taking my sexuality and my queerness and my fatness more seriously. Yeah. So like I don't know exactly yet how to befriend and flirt friend and not flirt and do kind of and cuddle with, but not in a sexy way with, I just don't know how to navigate Mm -hmm. all this. Does this make any sense? Do you know what I mean? No, it makes sense. Yes. (laughs) So I feel like I'm navigating that. And last night, the thought I really had was like, wow, if I were, this would be so much harder if I was less comfortable with my body right now, because I remember being a teenager and feeling so, I mean, part of it's being a teenager, you have a lot of hormones and being so hyper aware of my body and the proximity of my body to men. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And like, I don't want my fat to get on them, blah, blah, blah. Like was the mean thoughts I thought to myself. Well, I don't feel like that anymore, but I do feel like a teenager in the sense of like, I'm re-navigating boundaries both internally and externally about this stuff. It was almost easier when I was like, it's not going to work because I'm fat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, especially because, um, like, women and femmes are socialized to think of men and uh, masculine people as dangerous. So there's immediately a boundary there that's not there for other women and other femmes and other non-binary folks. And I honestly, I don't, I'm not interested in participating in that more liminal space with men. That's, like, just me, Mm. you know what I mean? Like, I have have queer male friends who I would cuddle with. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> but my straight male friends, I'm like, mm, we can sit across from each other. You know, that's fine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> totally. I don't know. But I, I wonder how much more I'll discover about my internalized fat phobia, the way I think about my body, the way I think about my body as sexual, the way about I think about it in relation to others, my friendships, all these things. I feel like I'm still discovering and learning so much I, of these mm-hmm. things I don't know how to navigate yet. I don't yeah. know how, I don't know what vibes I'm putting off even in some of these situations. You know, well, it's hard because you've only ever I mean, you've been around Victor and that's pretty much it. Yes. For the last year and a half. That's so true. Like literally just me and Victor and Dana. Yeah. <laughs> just me, Victor and my friend who lives with us. That's my current vibe on fatness and queerness is I feel very much like I'm not sure what I'm doing and I don't want to. I don't know. I mean, I have a feeling of not wanting to mess up, but what is messing up really? You know what I mean? I just need to, I want to find out more about myself and I want to not. just exist. Well, I just don't want to be inappropriate with other people because I don't know, I don't feel like I know what the boundaries are with stuff yet. Yeah. I mean, in terms of like being inappropriate with other people, everybody's the same in terms of like, you just got to communicate. 
yeah boundaries and like ask and yeah but yelly there's vibes with queer people and they aren't there with straight men i'm sorry they're not (laughs) no you're so you're valid yes (laughs) even with friends they're not there with queer with straight men it's there with queer people Mm -hmm. i don't know what to do i'm just a baby if you have feedback for me please send in another (laughs) voicemail so i know what to do and also because I do relate to many people who are who have sent these voice memos that like the queer community can be pretty fat phobic. But my mm-hmm. my friends in particular are not and like the queer stuff I'm in is not mostly because I lead yeah. with fatness. So, I mean, I'm fat. I talk about being fat. I have a podcast about being fat. It's pretty hard to be around me if you're not into it. You know yeah, what I mean? Totally. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like the pretty self-selecting group. I don't yeah. know. That's something that I have kind of started to struggle with lately in terms of fatness is that for the past year and a half, I've basically only talked to you, Lynn and Haley, and all of y'all are, you know, like accepting of fatness and all of that. So now that I'm starting to once again, like talk to and see other people and like visit my family again, it's like stirring up all of these scenarios where (sighs) like all of a sudden I have to think about how I'm being perceived and doing all of those things. God, being perceived is hard. It is. I simply wish to not (laughs) perceive. That's literally what I'm saying is that I don't know. I have no idea how I'm being perceived in these situations, yeah. you know? It's tough. It's a whole, it's a, another huge shift as we like shift out of, out of being, being little rats in our just, little rat caves. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. And like, especially because coming out of this, one of my big goals is to have more queer community. Mm-hmm. I'm like going to be, I'm going to be figuring it out, I guess, you know? And yeah. it does make me feel very bold to see to hear all these voice memos and be like, okay, all these people are figuring it out. I can figure it out. I can belong in here. I can do this. Yeah, totally. We can do it. We can do it. Something that I have realized since recording the first time around is that I think that the first time that we recorded, I mentioned that like most of my experiences with queer people have been like really positive and accepting. And that still holds true for like friendships and queer people that I am friends with. But all of the spaces that I've gone into that are specifically like pride related or like institutional queerness are very scary to me. Interesting. And I like have to interrogate that more and I don't really know why but I remember like vividly going to like the Rainbow Center at my university and being terrified to talk to anybody really and I'm sure there are reasons and yeah. you know I'll update you if I yeah. discover that but there's definitely a difference there for me I mean I wonder how much of it is because so many institutions like are still run by you know hmm. like the powers that be in this country in our you know North America yeah. I was gonna say this country but you're in Canada but it's similar there like white yeah. you know white people I think that part of it also just has to do with my fear of not being queer enough mm-hmm. and not being like fully accepted into that space because of that that's totally fair i feel like that too all the time but you know bias is still which valid. isn't true you can't not be queer enough exactly but yeah. <laughs> i think it's just a fear i mean it's also like how much more queer are you supposed to get you're married to yeah. a non-binary person <laughs> and you're a woman so i don't know what you know yeah it's so pretty, true pretty queer life there's so much for each of us to navigate When we, like Eliza said, when we have these identities that are, you know, outside of a white cis straight 
experience. And even as someone mm-hmm. who has, you know, a couple of those pretty big privilege modifiers, you know, white, yeah. cis, you know, privileged, all those things. It's like still so there's so much to navigate and so much. And and honestly, I almost feel like because of my whiteness, especially there's so many things that I don't see or don't realize I can need to or can't examine or let go of. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I'm hoping to more as we move forward. Yes. This is a little bit random, but last season in our episode with um, Shove, when you were talking about roller derby, you were talking about how it like you really wanted to get into roller derby to like embrace your like queer side since yes. you're in like a uh, quote-unquote straight passing relationship yes. and so like my queer journey has been from going to like pansexual to like hardcore lesbian to like now bisexual and the way that I'm embracing like my bi side of like liking men and like masculine figures is just to like have massive crushes on tons of celebrities. Yay. And whenever I think about it, I'm like, this is my roller derby. It's just like <laughs> being obsessed with cute guys. Oh my God, I love that. That's so fun. I wonder if part of the reason I never like had crushes on celebrities is because I was queer uh, partly I like never ever I don't know or maybe I've honestly felt like it was part of my ADHD-ness a little bit I don't know if that makes any sense Mm -hmm. but people were whenever people had posters also you're a fandom girl so you it like fits for you yes like which I very much like about you but I never had I never like I people would be like oh my god I love love this actor and I'd be like you don't know anything about them they're probably a bad person (laughs) No, I remember <laughs> this is like <laughs> funny to look back on now, but I remember being in eighth grade and being like, Joe Jonas is only 10 years older than me. Like once I'm older, it could happen. <laughs> <laughs> I was a full-fledged fan girl. I love that, honestly. That's so much more fun than my situation where I was just like, that's stupid. <laughs> I don't like anybody and I just read old books like that's not as fun I sometimes like would think about it and be like should I just get a poster of someone to put above my locker like oh my gosh like even though I had intense crushes on people I knew it's Hmm. not like I didn't have crushes I just like was always like I don't know I don't like JTT that much you know I just didn't care that much yeah um I love that for you, though. What are your crush? Who are your crushes? Who are your mask crushes? Oh my gosh! As always, Harry Styles. Yes, which sure, is- but he's barely count. I mean, he's so <laughs> queer. That's it's funny though because when I came out to my family, one of the first like rebuttals that they had to me being queer is like, "Oh, you're obsessed with Harry Styles, so you can't be queer." Like we thought you, you were. Might as well have been like you're obsessed with Elton John. You you can't be queer. <laughs> I mean, like, come on. I mean, I don't know what Harry Styles' personal sexual orientation is. It's true. But, like, he's not exactly, like, (laughs) so true. (laughs) Carrying the torch for (laughs) hetero masculinity, you know? Totally. There's this show called Julie and the Phantoms on Netflix right now, which is directed (laughs) by Kenny Ortega. So it's very, like, high school musical vibes. An icon, Kenny Ortega. And I definitely have a huge crush on one of the like male leads in that show he's very cute cute not like a crush crush but the kind of crush where i'm like if i was in high school i would be obsessed with this person you know those are the fun ones those are the more fun ones crushes in high school are so much more fun and intense you Mm -hmm. know 
I love that. Wow. I love hearing about those super mask crushes you have. Thank you. I love this. (laughs) I also have one of my lady crushes is Lily James from She's Really uh, Pretty. Mamma Mia, too. Yeah. She's cute. I love her in that. And I love her outfits in that movie. It's so good. We recently watched that movie and it is so fun. It's so nice. I think that came out around like a couple months after or before Paddington 2 came out because oh I remember gosh. being like, year of sequels, summer of sequels, best sequels ever. Heck yeah. <laughs> okay. Wow. I'm just like really reveling in this queer convo with my queer team about this queer episode on our queer podcast. Yay. I'm That's gay, right. baby. It's so badass right. that we're all queer. <laughs> No straights allowed. <laughs> no straights allowed. Now we have a few more friends of the pod to hear from. The folks behind the newly released book, Fat and Queer, an anthology of queer and trans bodies and lives. Hey y'all, my name is Bruce Owens Grimm. I'm one of the co-editors of Fat and Queer, an anthology of queer and trans bodies and lives, which is available now wherever books are sold. My pronouns are he, him. So I grew up in a very fat phobic household, as probably many of us who are fat did. And that was one of the reasons that I really spent a lot of time ashamed of being fat, uh, especially because I want to be fat. Um, I've wanted to be fat my whole life and it's something I've actively sought out. And so there was that added shame of, um, not only am I fat, but I like it and I don't hate it. And I actually want it, which of course I felt like I couldn't tell anybody. So it was something that I just kept to myself. And then I was in a heterosexual marriage for nine years. So I was repressing my queerness. I was in many ways, repressing my desire to be fat and actually going to grad school sort of broke that cycle. And I had a lot of time to think and really consider, like, who am I? And that is when I uh, realized, okay, not only I'm fat and not only am I fat, but I am wanting to be fat and I am queer. And one of the things that helped me realize that was I found this community. It's called the gainer community. And there are heterosexual gainers, although they don't use that terminology. But finding the queer gainer community really helped me sort of realize those two things and also, you know, sort of accept myself um, and sort of my in help start to combat my internal fat phobia, which makes it sound really easy. But I mean, I did come out during grad school, but didn't come out as fat at that time. Uh, that would take a few more years. When I saw a call from the Rumpus about a new series they were doing um, called Kink, about writers writing about kink, and gaining is obviously uh, part of the kink community, although it encompasses uh, more than that for me. Um, and I sent a pitch. And I was super nervous doing it because it was the first person I was telling outside the gaining community that I was a gainer and I really liked being fat and I liked, uh, was attracted to other fat uh, guys. And I got a really great response and uh, wrote that essay. And that led to this book, Fat and Queer. And I knew I wanted to have Miguel 
uh, and Morales and Tiff, TJ, Joshua, Ferentini on this journey with me so that we are representing all kinds of fatness and queerness. And that we're just talking about it um, is really something amazing. Yeah, so you can find Fat and Queer, as I said, at bookstores everywhere, anywhere. We're also encouraging people to check it out from your library. Uh, some libraries have it. If your library doesn't have it, we you can request that your library carry it. So that way it is available to more of the community. Thank you so much for having us. Talk to you later. Bye. Hello, She's All Fat listeners, and thank you so much again, Sophia, for inviting us to speak on She's All Fat. Hello, everyone. My name is Tiff Joshua TJ Ferentini. My pronouns are they, them, or he, him, and I am one of the co-editors of Fat and Queer, an anthology of queer and trans bodies and lives. Uh, So really, my involvement in Fat and Queer was really the first project where I had the opportunity to get involved in fat justice and to not only look at myself as an individual and come to terms with not only my fatness, but my identity as a fat, non-binary, trans individual, but to also see the greater scope of fat justice. And it's given me the opportunity to discover all these amazing other writers, all these amazing other individuals fighting for fat justice. So I'm so incredibly thankful for the project and how it's allowed me to not only uh, look at myself and change and accept who I am as an individual, but also to see and discover all this amazing work that other folks are doing for fat justice. So as I mentioned, uh, I am one of the co-editors of Fat and Queer, and I also contributed the essay Enough. Uh, And this is focused on, you know, my journey, how I've kind of struggled with my weight since I was a child, um, how I struggled with my queer identity, but also not knowing that I was queer for so long due to not having the language to realize that I was queer uh, as someone who is demisexual, as someone who is non-binary, as someone who is trans. So in this essay, I also kind of tackle how These are not only two parts of my identity that kind of walked alongside each other, uh, but how really um, I came to accept myself as a fat, non-binary trans person when I began transitioning. And it's really fascinating because, you know, I think of what what did one influence the other? Did my fat acceptance journey influence my queer journey or vice versa? And I really think that my queer acceptance is truly what allowed me to accept myself as someone who is fat. I think even as I was tackling writing this essay for Fat and Queer, it was so incredibly difficult to write about. And it wasn't even necessarily the struggle with my queerness um, as I was reflecting uh, on my own queer acceptance journey, but it was really accepting that I was fat, accepting as I was you know, fat when I was younger and then accepting that I was fat as a non-binary trans individual. I think also too, because, you know, when you, when you think of like this poster image of what does a non-binary person look like, uh, you know, this mental image can be someone who is very thin, very white, very flat chested. And, you know, that, that could be hard for someone who is neither of those things. Um, you know, when you're very fat, when you're non-white, when you have, you know, visible curves and, you know, you can't, 
you you just cannot look like that. So really, I'm I'm so incredibly thankful for working on Fat and Queer and being able to confront what my fat acceptance journey and what my queer acceptance journey and how the both of them are part of my identity and to really, you know, write about that for this anthology. So for any folks who are interested in finding and supporting Fat and Queer, uh, we can be found online at www.fatandqueer.com, which is our website and our go-to hub for if you want to find out about any upcoming events that we have, uh, all of which will be virtual, as well as links as to where you can purchase the book. Definitely go there. Thank you again. Let's wrap this up. I love this idea that either you or Lynn had in this in our outline here. This was all Lynn. Wow. Okay. So so let's shout out to Lynn who wants me to say, okay, we've heard some really good stuff from our queer family, and I thought we could close this hashtag just fat things up with a BuzzFeed quiz. Okay, so Yelly and I are both going to take this quiz. These six questions will separate the gay millennials from the gay Gen Zers. I predict that we'll both get millennials, even though Yelly's a cusp because mm-hmm. she's got big millennial vibes. Yeah, I laughed when I saw this quiz in here because for anyone who doesn't know, me and Sophie constantly kind of uh, tease Lynn for being a Gen Zer, basically. <laughs> Je- Lynn is the most Gen Z on the team for sure, and Yelly and I are over here like. Yeah, memes, BuzzFeed. <laughs> yes. Cakes. Which blogs. is funny because Lynn and I are the same age, too. Literally. We just have such different experiences. Okay, but also I think being the older sister gives you responsible vibes, which mm-hmm. gives you older vibes, which gives you millennial cozy vibes. Yes, I think it's that. And then I think it's also that being uh, like a first generation immigrant, I just wasn't as immersed into like uh, Gen Z Gen culture. Z culture. That's totally fair. Okay, let's do this. Pick your favorite social media app. Well, I'm off all of them except for TikTok. So I'm going to say TikTok. They don't even have Facebook as an option on here, which is the other app I'm actually on. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Okay, pick a hairstyle. Wow. I pick bun. Yelly, on this Mm -hmm. question, who do you stand the hardest? Who are you choosing? I... Don't know. The options are Beyonce, Billie Eilish, Lady Gaga, Sophie, who I don't know who that is, Charlie XCX, and Whitney Houston. I'm going to do Beyonce. I'm going to say Beyonce, too. Okay. Pick a show. Big Little Lies, Drag Race, Game of Thrones, Queer Eye, Pose, Black Mirror. None of these are my fave. Honestly, this quiz is uh, not suited for us, but we'll do it. (laughs) I guess out of all of these, my fave would be Drag Race, maybe? What's yours? I'm going to do Drag Race, too, actually. Uh-oh. It's between that the and same Black thing. Mirror for me. But Black Mirror is scary. Yeah, Black Mirror is scary. Next one is, which one is Kim Petras? I have no idea, except I know who a couple of these are. I know that... I know which one Noah Cyrus is. Me, too. That's the only one I know. <laughs> same! <laughs> Okay, I'm just going to pick a random one because I think I'm wrong. Okay. Which one did you pick? I picked the top left. I don't know who that lady is. Okay, She's I picked pretty. top right. <laughs> okay, she was my second choice. Pick a Starbucks drink. I always do iced Americano, so I'm choosing that one. I'm doing yep. iced caramel macchiato. What did you get? I got millennial. I got millennial too. 
We're both gay millennials. BuzzFeed quizzes are always right confirmed. Wow, confirmed BuzzFeed quizzes are well-researched and correct always. (laughs) When I was at BuzzFeed, I remember talking to – when we were doing our onboarding – I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I'm saying it for the family. We were doing onboarding. Like I talked to one of the – after one of the classes, I talked to someone who like – did a bunch of quizzes and they were like, oh, yeah, I just put random answers so people retake the quizzes and we oh get more gosh. hits. And I was like, wow, that's really smart, actually. <laughs> when um, when Haley and I were long distance, one of the our favorite things to do was to take BuzzFeed quizzes together and compare that's answers. Cute. That's very cute. OK, family, I hope you enjoyed our little chit chat here and our BuzzFeed quiz taken at the end. Surprise, surprise. Yelly and I are both gay millennials, unfortunately. Lynn, take the quiz because I bet you know who Kim Petras is. True. Tell us <laughs> tell us on Instagram who Kim Petras is. Tell us who Kim Petras is. Send us your favorite Kim Petras pictures. If she's cool, I don't even True. know who she is. Also, please DM me or email the pod because I'm not on social anymore. Um, any advice you have about figuring out the vibes that I was talking about in my queer journey earlier. We love you, family. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Queerness and Fatness. I'm so awed by all of you. I truly thank you all for writing and calling in. This has been so nice for me, <laughs> honestly. I love this. these two episodes we did. I'm so proud of all of you, and I'm proud of us, and happy Pride. We love you. We love you. Bye. Bye. And that's the episode. Shout out to Stylish Sista, where you can get the only SAF stickers on the market. You can find the All Bodies Are Good Bodies collab at stylishsista.etsy.com for a limited time, and I can't recommend enough that you do. This is your reminder that we have a voicemail box at 213-375-5023, and we want to hear from you. You can call in with questions, concerns, more hashtag just fat things, and we might even play your message on the pod. And Sophie, talk about messages. We got a very special Apple podcast review this <laughs> week from user Lydia. They say, I wish I'd found this wonderful community sooner. So sad that the pod is ending, but so grateful for everything I've learned, the validation, the resources, and most of all, having my own thoughts and feelings about my body and other fat bodies echoed back to me so that I feel more assured expressing them and defending my right to exist as I am. Hell yeah. So much love. I can't wait to see what all of you do next. That is really nice and makes me feel very happy because that's exactly what I want people to get out of this show. (laughs) So Lydia... Thank you so much for leaving us that review. If you want to leave a legacy of reviews for me to cry over on the toilet long after SAF ends, aka give me a reason to be crying on the toilet, as I always am, please rate and <laughs> review us on Apple Podcasts. As always, shout out to our patrons. Thank you to Nana, Aviva Richardson, Christine Louise Trudeau, Lucy Hahn, Abby Reed, Jasmine Altermat, Eliza Levinson, Emma Richards, Shay Lee Lawrence, and Heather. We couldn't make the show without you. Bye. Bye. She's All Fat was created by me, Sophie Carter-Kahn, and April K. Quio, who graduated. We are an independent production. If you'd like to support the work we do, you can join our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash she's all fat pod. When you pledge to be a supporter, you'll get all sorts of goodies and extra content. 
please make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's super important in making sure people find the show so we can grow the family. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to the stuff we mentioned today. And don't forget to send us your questions at fyi at she'sallfatpod.com. You can also leave us a voicemail at 213-375-5023 and we might even play it on the pod. Our episode ads are done in partnership with Acast. If you're interested in sponsoring the show, you can get started at acast.com. Our theme music was composed and produced by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs. Our website was designed by Jesse Fish and our logo is by Hannah Sanger. Lynn Barbera co-produced and edited this episode. Yelly Cruz is our magical junior producer. Our thin crony forever is Maria Vertel. I'm our host and co-producer. Our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter handles are at She's All Fat Pod. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Stay safe. We love you. 